This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. Thank you so much for joining us for this extended interview with Gabby, where she's going to share how to use live events as a growth tool for your business. Hey, Gabby. Hey, Debbie. Thanks so much for having me again. So before we get into the fun tips that you have for us, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you lead an offbeat life? Yeah. So I had always planned to live in Italy and I thought, how am I going to earn money living in another country, at least enough money to kind of live the way I want. And so I set out to be a freelance travel writer, which as any of you who have thought about that know, it's probably not as easy as it sounded. And along that journey, I was actually able to make a really great sustainable living of it and really travel around how I wanted and have the schedule that I wanted. And then people started asking me for help about how they could do that as well. And so through that, and the reason that I do events now is that I then in response to people's questions and needs founded this company dream of travel writing to help people achieve their own dreams of travel writing and that's now where we do a lot of events a lot of people will listen to this and they're gonna say live events that's really scary I don't like talking to people I don't know what to do so how do you do this when you're just starting a a company or a business that's a really great point about not liking talking to people and being scared I am the queen of that and it's interesting because people don't believe me. I have conference friends that I've known for years. And, and actually, even my husband really knows better. But he, he tells me that he's even not sure that he believes that, even though he knows better. So, like, I'm a person who, when I first started doing articles for magazines where I had to interview people, I would literally sometimes be like, oh, my God, I'm not up to this today. I can't talk to these people that I don't know on the phone and try to get them to tell me things. And I would reschedule my interviews. So I'm absolutely the like I get it like I am not a person who likes to talk to people that I don't know let alone to invite people that I've never met to come somewhere and listen to me talk about something so I absolutely hear that so a a neat tip around this that actually I just heard someone talking about yesterday is when you start thinking in your head about about me and what do I have to offer and like you know what do I look like right now and all this stuff Think about who you're serving and what they're going to get out of it. And when you focus so much on that and when you really believe in what it is that you want to teach people in these live events or touch on or how it's going to help them, that makes a difference because you think you stop thinking about you and if you don't want to talk to people or not. And then you just get kind of, you know, intoxicated with and obsessed with what people will be able to do. And that can really help you not just to stop thinking about yourself, but also to get a lot of clarity on what you're saying. Because I often find that when people get up to speak, when they are thinking about what they're supposed to say, especially emphasis on the supposed to say or how they're supposed to introduce themselves, there's kind of all these waves and like maybe they stop in the middle and apologize. But once you kind of say like this person needs to know this or this person needs your advice about this because tomorrow they're going to be in this situation, then they go. And so focusing on the other person's needs in an urgent way is like this neat little hack to just get around that. 
Now, when you really want to do this and you want to do live events, how do you know what topics to choose? And if you're wanting to sell anything, how do you know what exactly to do in order to get to that level? That is actually the most important part that people overlook. I think a lot of people go into this idea of I've, I've met several people recently who are thinking about doing a weekend workshop or a weekend retreat or a week long something where they're teaching something and maybe they already have a big blog. So they have an audience of people they know will sign up. And what happens in those situations is that they have a topic that they want to talk about, that they want to teach. And the topic invariably is too broad to cover so well that someone will leave and feel on fire to do what you've taught them. And so if you don't pick a topic that's sort of enclosed enough that somebody can really get it in a weekend or in an afternoon or an evening or a week or whatever you're teaching, then you're going to end up not only with people who, who like leave and don't do it or maybe leave and feel like they're, they're not really sure if they're ready, but you're also not going to feel as great about it because at the end you can see that and you feel, you feel this sense of a lack of closure. So I really like to encourage people, and I learned this from somebody who does, who does cool trainings for companies, that take what you think you want to do an event about and break it up into like seven different topics and then think about how that topic is different for like seven different types of people. So let's say, for instance, you you might be somebody who specializes in like branding or helping people figure out, you know, their you what's unique about them or what their business might be or kind of what their personal brand is, whatever. You know, if you were to do a weekend thing on figuring out your personal brand, you'd have to go into kind of like a little bit of detail about a lot of things. But if you were to say like, we're going to, you know, in this weekend, we're going to get the the 30 second pitch of you down so cold and so based in exactly you and exactly what it needs to be that you leave here, you know, on fire with it and energized that you could tell this to anybody. And then you structure that weekend around, you know, starting out with their values and what's important to them and how they like to communicate and what they don't feel comfortable about communicating publicly. And you work through all those things. Then at the end, they can feel comfortable with that 30 second pitch. But then it might be that, you know, doing that with people who have, podcasts, for instance, or, or vlogs or who are used to speaking publicly is very different than doing that with people who are introverted or something else. And so then you might segment it out even more in that way and have a more productive event. So I always think the smaller the, smaller the topic, the more effective your event is going to be, but also the more people will get out of it, which sounds weird because you feel like if there's a big topic, you're offering more, but people can't take in all that information and really internalize it if they just hear it in a weekend or an evening or something, they need to kind of be able to go and practice it further on. Once you have your topic and you have to really niche it and in order for you to be able to give your clients the best that you can give them, how do you first off find them? How do you find those clients in the audience that's going to go to your live events? That is the million dollar question because Really? No, because I see so many people like, okay, whether they already have an email list or they already have a big following on their blog, they put an event up and they work so hard on the page and they're thinking so hard about the structure of the event and they've secured the space and and, and they have ideas of how many people will come and they put up the site and it's like crickets. Or maybe, you know, if you put up the site and then you put it out in your email newsletter, you'll get some signups right away. But this 
idea of like you put up the site and then people will come, it's so pervasive no matter how much, you know, people realize that people aren't magically going to go to that page or that promotion. Like, especially if you have a blog, you've learned this the hard way, right? But the at the on the flip side of that, people don't want to go out and directly invite people to this thing, which is their new baby that they're not sure, you know, if it's ready for the world and all of these things. And so I've found, in fact, the very, very first weekend length event that we ever did, we mostly populated the seats by sending cold emails to people that we'd never worked with before. And every time I do an event in a different city, that's like an evening event or something, I, I have like really specific criteria of who we're looking for the, for this event. And I go through or somebody who works with me go through and we go through a ton of people's websites and we identify who we think is a good fit for the event. And then we just write them directly via email. And that's how I fill events. And people that I know who have started events through their blogs or through different things what happens also when you just put it up there and not hope people will come but you just put it up there and people start signing up is that people will self-identify or people will be really interested in you and your brand so much that they'll buy anything but that event might not actually be the best fit for them whether it's like the way that the event is run or what they need or so on and so forth and so then you'll end up with people who are not who are not kind of in the the cohort of the people who are going to get the most out of those events. And they can actually kind of end up detracting a little bit from the event as well. And so I actually really like this invitation model. And so you can extend it if you're nervous about doing events to saying, okay, so I have an email list. Um, You know, I have a blog. I've had this blog for a while, but I know who my really big fans are. So what I'm going to do is I want to start by doing a get-together either in the city where I live or in a city where I know a lot of my subscribers live, something like that. And rather than just put it in the newsletter and hope that people show up, I'm going to start by inviting my big fans who I know are there. And that way I will know, not only they will know that I specifically want them, those people there, but then I will know that I have some people who are going to be there who are really in my corner, who are really going to enjoy being there and meeting me and having this event. So even if you don't kind of want to go like full scale, just inviting people, you can start with people that you already know and send them an individual email rather than just putting it out in your newsletter and kind of hoping that they know about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely going to what you know will work first before you put the nut to all of the fish, right? So (laughs) it makes it so much easier in that sense. Now, Gabby, how do you sell your products during these events without being salesy? I'm really of the kind of content marketing school of like education and kind of provide the best experience around what you're doing and that your your expertise will shine through and also your style people will be able to see if it's a fit for them or not so for instance like when we do our weekend events people have the option to join our coaching program afterwards but like out of sequence so usually I only open my coaching program twice a year and the only other way to get in is if you have attended one of our weekend events and you have the option to kind of add that on afterwards and I don't I don't actually say it at all during the event. I really just focus on making sure that everybody there is getting so much out of the experience that they're currently having that they can see the possibilities for themselves of how far they can go with additional support in different areas. 
That's so true. The more you become salesy and pitchy, the more people will try to stay away from you because they know you're trying to sell them something. So that's such a great way to do that without being salesy to people. Gabby, thank you so much for talking with us and for giving us all of these tips. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, so the website actually where we have our own retreat location where we run events, but other people can run events as well, is rosewoodwritingretreats.com. And my website for all of the travel writing education that we do is dreamoftravelwriting.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Gabby. I really appreciate you talking to us today. Thank you, Debbie. I really appreciate your great questions. And I hope that some of your listeners can hear some things from this and maybe get inspired about some things they could do in their own businesses that they hadn't thought about before. Oh, I'm sure they will. (laughs) Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Gabby. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview with Gabby where she shares how to become a freelance travel journalist. Hey, Offbeat family. I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you. Still here? 
We appreciate your time and are working to help you just as soon as we can. Thank you, and please stay on the line.